Welcome back to another pod, Coffee and Christ. Did not like that. Another pod? You don't like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll I don't, it just sounded weird. I don't. Another epi. Okay. Whatever. Whatever you like. Okay. Next. Episode. Another episode. I'm not going to say the number because you don't know what it is. The, what are we on? I don't know. No. Okay. I don't know. Twenty-three. Mm, I th- uh, no. I think we're past that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Time flies when you're having fun. Exactly. We're terrible. You should hear our conversations after we get done with this. We're like, what episode are we on? It's bad. <laughs> and then we have to go back through and count. Because there's so much quality content that we have delivered. Yeah. I know. That we just lose track. I know we're past 24. Oh. I don't know. We might be 25. You know what? I'm just not going to say it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But um, how's your week been? Uh, Exciting? Good? Yeah, it's been good. I'm trying to remember what I did. Um, Saturday was a monumentous day. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do. For the first time? I did nothing. Well, I went to the grocery store and you know stuff like that. But yeah. I didn't do much. I watched the game, made some chicken dip for myself. Buffalo chicken dip. I made it. Like homemade. Really? Mm. I wouldn't say homemade. I mean, I bought the ingredients. You remember that time when you were going to make chicken dip and they... Ate it at the church and cooked. Ate it without it being in the oven. Oven and cooked. I forgot about that. I remember that because Megan made chicken dip like Sunday night. And I was like, I have a funny story. Did you tell them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's bad. They're like, oh, it's it, they can they can eat it. It's, but, it's canned chicken. It's cooked. Yeah, But still, but, it's just... Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't look good. I mean, I mixed it all together and I licked the spoon and it wasn't bad. <laughs> I was like, yum. But I made it like myself. I got the, got the ingredients. Put Chef it in the oven. Boy RD. Chef Boyard Dylan, like making it up, mixing it up in the kitchen. Yeah. Making blueberry muffins. Making blueberry Splash. muffins. Splash. <laughs> um, but it was good. Um, and then Sunday I mowed the yard, which was fun. <laughs> um, Love that. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I talked to Will and Evie about their wedding last night Aww. on FaceTime. Aw. So we got all their wedding stuff ready and I got to type up. They want, I don't know if they listen to this, but they want a 30 minute ceremony. Oh, wow. That's all. That's hard for the preacher. Yeah, you're, aka me. Yeah. I'm like, oh shoot. I you're gonna have to uh, like really be <laughs> slow in talking. Like do long pauses. Just yeah. be like, does anyone have something to say? Anyone at all? And then just it'll be fine though. But I gotta <laughs> I gotta type it up after church tonight wow. and get everything ready for that. Then I mean that's that's pretty much it. Wow. Pretty much it in my world. Minutes. I'm I'm upset about inflation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, none of that now. That's <laughs> the truth. I'm upset. I'm going to say it. I'm already... You're already here. I, You're on the horse. I live alone. Okay? No one else lives in the house with me. And part of it was my fault because I went to the store Saturday hungry. I went at 10, had not eaten anything since the night before, but I went to Kroger on an empty stomach. Spent $288. <laughs> and it's just me. Like, it's only me. Yeah. And that but just, you got some good stuff. It, I got like seven bags. Like it wasn't even like a haul. Wow. But I mean, I got a lot, I guess. But I mean, two hundred and eighty-eight dollars. That is expensive. On groceries for a single man who lives by himself. That is expensive. Yeah. And I like the fridge. Like you, you feel satisfied. Those of you that have a home, or if you're going to buy, like when you when you fill your fridge, you open it, you're just like, ah. you know, it's just it's a satisfying feeling. My fridge wasn't even that full. I was like, <laughs> "This is depressing." Two hundred. Anyway, I, but I just I left and I was in my truck. I was like, "Inflation." 
Yeah. Just made me mad. But you gotta do what you gotta do. Hurricane Ian made landfall. Yeah. That's Collarbone told you that. I, I knew it. Not really. I mean, I just know the rain's coming. <laughs> but Saturday and Sunday is when it's, it's like a superpower. Rain. But so we're gonna go to Florida next week. So on disaster relief. Disaster stiff. So I don't know where yet or what days, but we're going. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I've seen some videos. It looks pretty bad. It's bad. Yeah, I was telling Jackson in the truck a few minutes ago. Like I was in Tampa last week, and the the hotel that I stayed at has like a live feed, like camera that shows the canal, because it wasn't beachfront, but it was like it was oceanfront, but it was like the bay, mm-hmm. and like it showed the like the restaurant where I was sitting six days ago, seven days ago, like the seat that I was sitting was gone. They took everything out. And it was all underwater. The camera was almost underwater. That's eerie. That's and I was crazy. Like, and the door was like five feet behind me to the hotel. So, I mean, it was like... It was right there. Pressing against the, the building. Wow. That's crazy. So, that's a while. I couldn't imagine. But that's about it. I mean, kind of been uneventful this week. Imagine if they had the conference this week. I bet they would have had to cancel it. Probably. They probably had to reschedule it just but, in case. Yeah. For their safety. What about you? What have you what have you been doing in your venture? Nothing much. Involves one, so happy happy days for Saturday. That was a good game. Yeah, it was really good. They tried to throw it away, but I was mad. They tried to throw it away, but yeah. um, we won. It might have been an ugly win, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say an ugly win. We just I feel like we loosened up at the end. Should have just like I hammered was him through. Myself watching the game, and I was yelling, just <laughs> on the couch, like yelling. Yeah, and so when Tennessee football, when the Vols are good, the Titans are bad. And that's just how it always goes. And the Titans are not doing great this year. They got their first win, but they're now one and two. So, speaking of football, I wonder if I won in fantasy this week. I I'm number one now. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I'm number one now. That was fast. You were like you were down there with me. I was fifth. Yeah, I was. I think I was seventh. I was at ninth two weeks ago. Yeah. Start from me, the bottom. Now we're here. Let me look. Anyway, but besides that, Sunday, I, uh, me and Dad went to the to the deer farm and started to uh, kind of do some prep work and oh, move yeah. some things around. How'd that go? Really good. Got some uh, camera photos and stuff like that, and so a lot of potential. Not any shooters, I would say, this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe one or two, but I uh, I killed a pretty. Uh, pretty extensive one last year that was that i was proud of and so i don't really want to go below it there's one out there that's kind of a little unique so i might uh, might go for that one i won did you win yeah wow I won. I won. let's see what place i'm in eighth um it's all right hey it's okay it's a 10 person league i'm not last you're not last i'm trying to figure out how to look at the rankings there we go uh, go to league i found it so okay i am eighth i was ninth so, Serious are you? Who is that? Seth. Okay, Seth is right behind me, and then Jake from State Farm. Ben is then the tenth place. Yeah, because I play Ben. Oh, who do I play? How, let me see who I play this. You go to matchup. I play Jacob. Ooh, Jacob's and I'm projected like to win. Good. You need to be by fifteen points. Good. You need to take some dubs. And I optimize my team. So yeah. that means it's the best, the best, the best. I can do. The best of the best is in. So, yeah. We'll see. 
Yeah. Anyway, sorry. You you keep going. That's exciting. No, that's keep it. Going. That's it. Uh, the rest of the week has just been pretty good. Watched him mind play golf. She lost, but she's okay with that. Yeah. She wanted to keep going, but I think she's okay with it. She'll. She's definitely excited to play golf, like more relaxed now. Not yeah. really like aiming to get better. Well, like aiming to get better, but not like forced. Yeah, feeling like you have to. So. Uh, she's definitely excited for that little movement. Oh, we're, and, we're playing in a tournament Friday. Yeah, we are. Are we playing tomorrow, too? Yeah. We'll be playing the Chamber of Commerce tournament. That's, That's right. That's going to be fun. Your shirt's, i got to pick your shirt up. Oh, is but, it ready? Mm-hmm. Nice. It was ready yesterday. I just haven't had time. Nice. But we should be playing that tournament. That'll be fun. My dad's playing, too. That's always a fun thing to watch. Because <laughs> I have to ride with you. I said, why? He goes, because I need your clubs. And I went, fair. <laughs> So he doesn't own a set of golf clubs, so he just uses whoever he's golfing with. So it's okay. It'll be fine. It's okay. We're all we're only there for the memories. We're not there for to actually win. I was looking at who I was playing, and we're gonna get our throat stomped. Is uh is the Maxwell's playing? Yes. Okay. Well, there's no point if any. Travis Bumbleo is playing. Like no, the Maxwells are the only thing. Like the, the Max- Maxwells are good. Oh, I'm, yeah. I think, I think it's Lee. Lee or Gary Maxwell? Gary's the dad, and then you have Lee. Lee's the son? Lee's the son. Okay, well, Lee Lucretia was like... is the mom. I can't remember the other ones. Lee was, like, considered, like, one of the best golfers in football. Oh, yeah. Like, for a long time, and he probably still is. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's good. Lucretia's good, too. So, I mean, they they probably... They'll go under, like, way under. They'll probably get, like, 13 to 14 under themselves. I'll go under from my tears of... <laughs> of Shooting double bogey. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it's a scramble, though, and Devin's there. So Devin's all right. We'll, we'll manage. I, I hit a good hit, you know, every now and then. We'll manage. The odds on us all having bad hits at once is probably bad. Your dad's the underdog. Don't you count him out. I will count him out. Don't you count him out. I will consider it. He is the underdog. Okay. And Whatever he, you think. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna show up. Yeah. I know it. I can feel it. <laughs> he didn't even want to play. I made him play. Oh, my gosh. He was like, you can't find anybody else. Well, I don't want to find anybody else. I you are it. You are the underdog. So, it'll be interesting. It's the secret weapon. I've been over because my ankle's itching really bad. <laughs> Sorry, if you wondered. <sighs> That's fine. Anywho, we're going to finish up Matthew chapter 16. We just have seven, seven, yep, that's it, seven verses. Yep. But a lot is to be unfolded here, so... You want to read? Me read? I got you. I got you? All right, you go. Oh, God. Okay. Matthew 16, verse starting in verse 21, it says, From that time, um, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chiefs, priests, and scribes, and be killed. And on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, um, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Um, you are being you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So we kind of ended last week with Jesus kind of being a little weird at the very end. He like tells his disciples like this big plan, and then he's like, You know what? Don't go tell anyone. Let's let's wait up. And we kind of figure that out here by how uh, Peter's kind of confronting Jesus about this and. So Jesus right here is his first time of really showing the disciples the big picture. And so we kind of see, you know, that the whole plan of, you know, him dying and all this. And and we're going to learn more about that. But you don't, I don't want to harp on the disciples, but you kind of can see here how, because, you know, we've been really getting on them recently because they're worrying about bread and sandwiches. But Mm -hmm. 
I imagine that we probably would do the same thing along those lines, but we kind of see how much like we don't really know. And so Jesus here kind of breaks it up into four little parts, making it easier for them. And so the first one is that his ministry is going to end in Jerusalem. It says it right there. And they thought that was already going to happen. They were like, oh, yeah, that's where the seat of David is. Like, of course, that's, mm-hmm. that's where it's going to end. And then the second that he's going to have to suffer at the hands of the Israelites. And then the third is he must die. And death has always been a part of the plan. And then, and then finally, it kind of like wraps it all up is that he's in three days, he's going to be resurrected. And then I like Peter coming along, and I can, I can, be the big man. <laughs> I can imagine him that he's just like, guys, you know, a couple of verses ago when he was just named that he's going he's gonna to be the rock in the how Jesus has been talking him up, and then I feel like Peter's just getting, let's go into his head a little bit. So I see him like putting his hands in his pocket, like walking over, and after Jesus is saying all these things, that he's going to die. Well, he's, he's definitely the most outspoken one. Yes. Yeah. And Peter's just like, kind of like, hey, hey, Jesus, you know, like does a little head nod. He pulls him off to the side, which means that you are kind of like you're saving that person from embarrassment from the other people. Like if, if it wasn't embarrassing, you would just say it in front of the other the other eleven. But he kind of pulls him aside, like Jesus. Let's let's talk about this. Well, first quick. of all, let's talk about the words. That, and this is the ESV that I'm reading out of. But it's a big deal when in verse 22, Peter takes him aside, and I'll read it. But it's Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, mm-hmm. like a disciple rebuking Jesus. Jesus. Like <laughs> the Messiah. Are we, is this really happening right now? Yeah. So and and so I mean I feel like we would all do the same thing. Like why start a church around a Messiah then the Messiah is gonna die and and so like of course we probably would think the same as the disciples probably like that's kind of crazy. Why would you think that? And then Peter is kind of uh He's just like, you know, Jesus, get over here. And so Jesus is really understanding here, and this is why he didn't tell them to go out yet, is that he already knew it, but he's just it's kind of still proving them that the disciples still do not have a grasp of the entire plan. Mm-hmm. And, and none of us do. But they were going to go out with the wrong intentions, saying probably the wrong things, and and might have led people astray. And so that's why Jesus was like, don't go out just yet. Let, let's do some more learning, and then, and then we're going to go out. But... There's there's come there's some things that we don't know about Jesus' plan, obviously, and we're just like the disciples, but a large portion of that is that we have to be okay with not knowing it. A lot of the times we we expect things to happen and we can't understand the entire plan. We don't understand why um, why things happen like uh, uh, you can insert anything, car crash, something financially happening or or physically that it may cause you to you know, second, you know, have second opinions on God, but we don't understand and we can't see the full plan just like the disciples are right here. Right. And so they couldn't possibly understand it. And so you kind of like can go back earlier in the chapter when, well, earlier in the book of Matthew when he was talking about the branches and how you're supposed to abide, abide in me. So we have to imbi- abide in Jesus. I almost said imbibe. That, that, that I don't even think that's a word. But we have to abide in Jesus. We have to, you know, how do finite people like us serve an um, omniscient God? We have to abide in him. We have to follow him. Right. And so last week we saw kind of the model of confession. And, and now this is another model that like what you just read, Peter rebuking him. This is another model, but this is more of a negative model. We, you can learn a couple things about Peter and we can, you know, find a lot of these same things in ourselves is that 
when Jesus responds to Peter after Peter rebuked, and rebuked is not like, you know, like you're having a gentle conversation. You're like sternly talking to them, mm-hmm. really trying to change their mind and probably not being nice about it. And so we kind of see Peter assuming a authoritative role or a, or a position higher than Jesus. And so, and Jesus here saying, get behind me, Satan. I don't think he's meaning that he, he is literally Satan, but he's, there's a couple things you learn. Peter here suffers from a great deal, like us, of uh, pride. Peter's pride gets in the way right here, thinking that he's, uh, well, he just assumed this higher role. He's, you know, he's kind of been talked up, so he kind of thinks that he's, hey, I'm in charge now. Maybe I should give some instructional advice to Jesus. And so he kind of let that, he goes, he lets that go to his head. And he starts telling people what to do, and that's why he pulls him aside. And then basically Peter's pride makes him look ridiculous, like like us in a lot of senses. Not all the time, but a lot. And then Jesus calls him Satan, get behind me, which is, I imagine kind of shocks him. But if you're not on God's side of the plan, then you're, quite frankly, for, for Satan's side. And so ironically, like the disciples, Satan didn't know the plan also. But then finally Jesus says that Peter is setting his mind on the world or of man. And that is, that's like the big kicker. So you can see that Peter wasn't thinking about what God wanted. He was kind of protecting his own interests. He, he wanted, oh, I'm sure there was some, you know, he's been around Jesus for a while. I'm sure he had like some friend, you know, obviously you don't, I won't want you to just die. But I think at the same time, a lot of it was kind of like pride and that he wanted to protect himself. And so he frames his concern kind of with a, with that his concerns are as a God's concerns. And I think a lot of people uh, kind of get that confused that, you know, their opinions, or you can say the church, and we can say individually, that a lot of people think that their opinions are the truth, just like Peter did. And that, you know, that can be an awesome non-religious matters. But, I mean, no. so what can we learn from Peter's mistake? mistakes? First, we need to understand that there's a God and we are not him. We are to understand to be behind him, meaning that not being in front, we're not leading the pack. We're supposed to abide in Jesus. We're supposed to follow him. And what does that look like? You know, it is that you need to ask Jesus what to do sometimes. And I'm not meaning like he's going to answer you like in a burning bush, but he does in in a lot of ways, like, I don't know, through friends. A lot of times if you ask for advice or something like that, God might may as well be speaking through your friend and like helping you along your journey. And then another thing is about, you know, the most important thing here when it comes to setting your things on the world or setting your mind on the world and not on, you know, God uh, or God's priorities is a lot of it is, I think a good example is death because that was the main problem that Peter was having. It's like, oh, Jesus, you, you're dying? No, 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 no. We don't need you to die. And so you can kind of see on how death to us, I mean, you might say you're not afraid of death. I mean, a lot of people would say you're not afraid of death, but we spend every waking moment of our life trying to not die, right? Right, right. Right? I mean, like people, uh, you can live a healthy life and that's the slowest, you know, slowest part to death. But I mean, like that's whole, that's God's kind of, kind of like incentive, if you would say, because if you lived forever, then what would there be any point of of living faithfully, right? right. And so that that's just another thing. And then the second one is that 
if you are Peter thinks that with his new authoritative role that he's an exception that he can kind of talk to Jesus this way kind of like pull him aside rebuke him which we covered was not nicely and I mean this kind of means that if you want to put it in our sense that you're too good for church which is not I mean I struggle with this sometimes I don't always come Sunday nights but that's something I'm working on but uh, the same portion is and I'm just using an example is is everyone's going to class but I don't need to go to class I know what they're talking about I can just show up for worship or like I said Sunday nights or Wednesday nights or I don't need to sing in church I I, I don't want to participate or something like that those are just kind of models of what kind of Peter's saying here just in a more uh, modern way that you know don't be the exception you're not the exception don't be too good for you know i'm putting air quotes around this too good for ch- church you're still supposed to show up and worship him and and don't think that you're like peter and put yourself above jesus put yourself above the church and its needs and then there's only one cure for that because all this kind of stems back to pride and that's humility jesus serves peter here kind of a nice slice of humble pie where he you know and i'm sure peter felt a little little sheepish after he was called Satan. And so when you get in front of Jesus, you can almost expect that you're going to get corrected. Um, I don't know how that's going to happen, but there will be some way where it may be your church or maybe a friend or maybe your family that pulls you aside and be like, hey, is everything going okay? Are you, uh, you know, just looking out for you. And that's Jesus probably working through them to kind of reel you back in a little bit. And so, finally, the last lesson is obviously the set your mind on God's interests rather than your own. And I touched on that earlier, but Peter could see what God was doing right there. He only could see what he wanted to see. And like Peter, we kind of have some personal goals, some desires on the forefront of our minds, and that's just human nature. But we have to reel ourselves in, get behind Jesus, abide in him, and to set our things. And I've heard it called eyes for eternity looking for through eyes of eternity so like death is sad here obviously but it's it's great for god because that's why our bodies decay that's why our bodies are eventually going to pass because we we want to we don't want to live here forever we want to be with god in heaven you know you see the the reaction that that peter has here is is anger and and Jackson touched on this. The reason why that he was even angry is he didn't understand the full plan. Jesus is in his mighty wisdom unfolding this and and slowly teaching them and all these things and and so going back up to the top where you know hey I'm going to be killed in verse twenty one and my ministry will end in Jerusalem and all these things. It's funny that Peter's first reaction is you know that wasn't like a gentle like hey, let's talk. It was like a, let's go over here and talk. And, mm-hmm. and, and kind of like in the sense of this is not going to be a pretty conversation, which we all have to have those sometimes. But but Peter having it with the Son of God, and he's angry. He's like, uh, no, this is not going to, we're not going to let this happen. This will not happen. You know, all these things. And we act that way in a sense because, you know, kind of like what Jackson was saying, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know you know, in a year, my, my life may look completely different than the way it is now, you know, and, and tomorrow it could be. You just never know what's going to happen. And you, we as people, as followers of Christ, or potential followers of Christ, like we have to understand that that's okay. 
And, and I battle with that because I'm the type of person I just like to know everything. Hmm. You know, not not in a nosy sense. I just like I like to know what's going on. I don't like feeling like I'm in the dark, like all these things. But as Christians, you know, that's a battle that I have to fight because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm the type of person that I have to put everything together in order to, like, feel like I have control of the situation. You know, or not necessarily control. I mean, I just want to know what's going on. Yeah. And, and we're not going to be that way. And our first reaction a lot of times when something happens is just anger because... We don't know what the plan is. We don't know what's going to happen. But yet we demand to know. And in a sense, we rebuke Jesus when we're like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Why is my And there's so many people that have fallen away from the church that have, you know, become unfaithful because they, they're mad. And we have to be okay with, hey, we're not going to know. We're not going to know what's, gonna, what's going on all the time. We're not going to know. And that's okay. You know, so don't let your first reaction be anger. And then he has the famous statement, and, and Jackson touched on it, but in verse 23, get behind me, Satan. And you're like, oh, gosh. But he deserved that. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is, you know, anything that comes between a relationship with Christ, anything, is Satan working. Mm -hmm. Anything that comes between you and God is Satan. And so Peter's, the way he steps in here, kind of like what Jackson was saying, saying, oh, this is not going to happen. And he's challenging Christ. And anything that challenges Christ is from Satan. So he calls him, you know, get behind me, Satan. You know, you're not, you're not to be in front. You're not to be the leader. You don't know what's going on. So while that was a bold statement from Jesus, he deserved to know that. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. And that's what sin is. Sin is a hindrance of us making it to be in the presence of Christ. And so while people read that, a lot of times they're like, oh, Jesus was mean. Well, maybe he was, but it was the truth. Mm -hmm. you know. And I've heard the statement, nobody likes somebody that speaks the truth all the time. I read that the other day. Or the most unliked person in a room is the person who speaks the truth. Yeah. And in a sense, God in his wisdom never doesn't speak the truth never like you're not going to get the bible's not going to lie to you the bible's not going to sugarcoat something and so he's saying that get behind me satan because it's the 100% truth and so you think about your life you know what's hindering you from getting to heaven because whatever is hindering you is Satan Christ can look at that situation and say get behind me Satan mm -hmm. because and maybe it's you maybe you are the one hindering yourself from getting to heaven maybe you're the one that's stepping in front of Christ I mean he can tell that to you get behind me Satan and you're like oh man that's that's tough no that's the truth yeah and anything that hinders being in the presence of Christ being in heaven with him as a byproduct of that but anything that hinders you is of Satan you know, you you know this, but you can't ride the fence. You can't be for God one day and for Satan the next day because you won't get to be in the presence of God. You have to be there. And Peter, we see him not. Peter has good intentions. Yes, you know, absolutely. He's, he's, I wouldn't say he's lukewarm. He's a disciple. Yeah. But I mean, he is letting his pride get in the way. And 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 Jackson kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, as Christians, you as what we would call faithful Christians. 
you read that and they're like, wow, ridiculous. We do it every day. Yeah. Our pride gets in the way every day and, then, you know, not going to worship. And that's, that is, that derives from pride. Like if you don't have something, you know, if you have something going on and you can't go, that's one thing. But if you just don't go, that's pride because you're like, I don't need to go on something. I don't need to go on something like that. You know, that's, that's you, that's, that's a hindrance. And say, and Jesus can look at that situation and say, get behind me, Satan. And mm-hmm. you're like, wow, that's, that's harsh, but it's the truth. Yeah. You know, so no one likes a person who speaks the truth all the time. Christ speaks the truth all the time. All the time. That's why so many people aren't Christian. So many people, because they don't want to know yeah. the truth. And the Bible is going to give it to you. So that that's that's what, and, he, and Jackson hit a lot of the things that I, that I was going to talk about there too. But that in two verses, three verses, you lay out all of that. Okay, then we go into the last um, you want to read that? Sure. 24 yeah. through the end of the chapter. 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, that he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Go ahead. I don't want to steal the thunder. Oh, no, no. no I was just, you hit everything that I, that I was going to talk about, which is good. But, you know, you see this and kind of breaking it down. So Jesus, again, is speaking to his disciples and he's, he's continuing to teach. So he has this altercation, I would call it, where he has to, where he... He gets rebuked, but then he, like, triple stampsies, like, yeah, triple I, rebukes Peter and is like, sit down. You know, so, you can sit down now. <laughs> so then he's continuing to teach after he's telling them, hey, I'm the son of man. You know, what we talked about last week. Don't tell anybody. Um, let's talk about that. So he's continuing to teach here. He's saying, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So that's a big verse because it answers a question. And this is what's hard for... For me, you know, I'll be transparent about that. But when you deny yourself, when you, when you, you know, if you're going to follow Christ, then you're denying what you want. Mm-hmm. You're denying, you know, what I want to know is I want to know everything, you know, and that's, that's the truth. Like, I want to know when I'm going to die. I want to know when my parents are going to die. I want to know when, when I'm going to be financially stable. I want to know all these things, but we don't, we're not going to know. Right. And so he's saying, get rid of all that. You know, anything that's a hindrance of me, get rid of it. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And take up your cross, take up your own burdens, and trudge up this mountain with me. That's what he's saying, in a sense. Because, you know, when Jesus, he's foreshadowing his death continually, but he's saying, take up your cross and follow me. And it's not going to be an easy terrain. It's not going to be walking down a gravel road that's flat. It's let's walk up the mountain and you put the cross on the back on your back the same way I'm going to have to do, which they don't know that yet and say, come with me because you know, he can take that burden. He takes that burden when we get to the top of the mountain because then we get to be in the presence of, of him. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, get rid of everything that's a hindrance and put the burdens on your back and let's roll. That's what he's saying in verse 25. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake 
will find it. And I love that verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the New Testament because he's saying, you know, you need to lose yourself mm-hmm. and get rid of everything because if you lose yourself for my sake, then you'll truly find yourself. So it's kind of like a Star Wars like thing, like Yoda speaking. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, that's good find yourself, you will. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? You know, but that's the kind of way Jesus is saying. It's like, lose yourself. You know, don't worry about the things that you want. And don't worry about your selfish desires. But follow me wholeheartedly. And then you'll find out your true purpose. Then you'll find out your true talents. Then you'll, and you're like, what? I'm confused. Mm-hmm. So you're saying lose my life, but then I'll find it. And, and that's what you have to be careful because, you know, we lose ourselves in situational situations all the time. Like, and you think you're doing the right thing. You really do. But whether you're surrounded by a person or whatever, and then you, you don't even realize it, but you, you totally lost yourself. Yeah. And you don't realize it until somebody says, snaps you out of it or some, you know, but, but he's saying, lose yourself in a sense of, you know, what's going on because you're following me. Um, but then when you do that, a, a, a lot of other things are going to unfold, you know, and you're just like, I, I, we're kind of like the disciples in the situation to this day. We're just like, I don't really understand it, what you're saying here, but I get it. Yeah. You know, I, I'll do it. And so he's saying, lose everything, forget everything. And don't do what you want to do. Do what I want you to do. And if you do that, then you'll find yourself and then you'll save yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? And that's, that's the thing. Satan works in, in such strange ways. But, you know, it's hard for us to understand because we're materialistic. We want everything. We want to, to have all this money. We want to drive the nicest cars. We want to live on the nicest house in the block. And, and all these things, and so we put all of our stock in the world, but then it's it's all going to go away. Mm-hmm. Like it's all temporary. Like you can build the nicest sandcastle on the beach, and it can be you can spend hours and hours and hours and and get all these buckets that are going to make it look cool, and you can just spend all this time. But when the tide comes in, it's gone, and that's what we do. You know, we build the most beautiful sandcastle. And then it's gone. And you're like, well, what do you mean I don't get to be in the presence of Christ? Well, you built that sandcastle, but the entire time you didn't realize what was going on right behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my thing. Like, I hate sand. Despise it. Me too. Okay, like, I love the beach, though. I love yeah. it. But, like, I agree. there's still sand in the floorboards of my Honda Pilot from a beach trip in July. Yeah. Like, which that's my fault. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, there's still sand in my backpack from a beach trip in July that I just can't seem to get rid of. Yeah. But I find it any time I, you know, but that, that stuff drives me crazy. But, you know, I don't go to the beach for the sand. Mm-hmm. I go to the beach because I like to listen to the water. I could sit and I don't even like to get in. I mean, I will. But, I mean, you can literally go. Let's take a seven-day beach trip. Okay, we're going to be gone Sunday to Sunday, which is what most families do in the summer, you know. And I can go. We can have no other plans. But every day from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., my lawn chair is in front of the water. Yeah. And I, I don't even have to read or anything. I can just stare at the water. Yeah. 
for seven days. I wouldn't get tired. You would have to pull me off. Like I wouldn't want to leave. Yeah. That's why I go to the beach. I like to see the sunset over the beach. I like to walk down the beach. But I don't. I don't like to build a sandcastle. Mm-hmm. That's not why I'm there. Our life is the exact same way. You know, we we go and we see this thing and we're like, oh my goodness, I can build the coolest sandcastle in the whole world. And you spend your whole day sweating and and doing all these things, but then you miss everything else. You don't you don't hear the beauty of the water. Yeah. You don't get to see the sunset because you're slaving away, and then you get up the next morning and you go looking for the sandcastle and it's gone. And you're like, I worked that hard for nothing. Yeah. But yet the whole time you're doing that. You miss everything else. Mm-hmm. You miss getting to sit and listen to the water. You miss getting to see everything else. And and this is just it's a way to teach. I'm not saying you, you can't go build a sandcastle. Yeah, that's fine. I've done it. I hate it, <laughs> but I've done it. You know. But we spend our entire life working and trying to acquire financial statuses or or whatever, and then you die. Yeah. Then your sandcastle's gone, and you're like. Well, I lived my entire life, and I was a good person. You know, I was a good person. I, I helped with charity. I did the. I held the door open for that woman one time. You know, but you miss the point, and you're like, I didn't get to see the beauty of Christ. Yeah. I didn't get to see the beauty of His magnificent plan. I didn't get to see the beauty of what it looks like to live for Christ, and then you have nothing except an eternity with Satan. And that's what he's saying here. I mean, he's saying, why would you, in verse 26, what, what does it profit anybody if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And you can read that one. What does it gain somebody to build the most immaculate sandcastle for it to be washed away? Yeah. What's the point? Same premise. Why would you gain the whole world? Because I don't care if you're the president of the United States. I mean, that's like the top tier. If you're not living for Christ then you won't get to see, you won't get to be in eternity with him one day. You know, and you don't have to be perfect to get there. Mm-hmm. You have to live for Christ. Right. And so that's what he's teaching them. He's saying, don't put your stock here. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about all these things because you're going to lose it. Right. If you lose your soul, then you've lost everything. For the Son of Man, the verse 27, is coming with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. So, you know, you, you take two people, and if you spend an entire week at the beach, and I'm still going with this, so hang on with me, you spend a whole week at the beach, you build this immaculate sandcastle, but maybe you work so hard on it that you don't get to go out and eat with your family. Yeah, I'm going to work on my sandcastle, which if you said that, that would be different. <laughs> but, I mean, you never know. Yeah. And then your, your whole family is out looking at this amazing sunset, and you're... You're building your sandcastle. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the week, think about this. You're driving home. You know, you're crossing the bridge, leaving the beach. You're like, man, how was the trip? Man, the people that really embraced it, man, that was the best trip. I had a great time. It was amazing. And you ask the person who spent the entire time building the sandcastle, and he's like, I mean, it was okay. It was all right. It was fine. But I lost everything that I worked on. Yeah. You know, and that's what he's saying. Every person will be paid for accordingly. Not paid for, but I don't want to read the the actual sense of it. Every person will, okay, he will repay each person according to what he has done. So we can look at life two different ways. If you spend your entire time, and but you're not living for Christ, you'll look back one day and go, 
well, that was stupid. Why did I do that? But then someone who lives for Christ, you're like, man, the best is yet to come. Like, I get to go be with Christ. Like, that's the most amazing thing in the world. Like everything I worked for paid off. And and that's the way we should be with mm-hmm. everything we do. You know, Everything I've done to this point is paid off. I get to see Christ. I get to be with him for eternity. And, you know, that's what I get to do. So we need to lose ourselves, lose what we want, and not lose ourselves in a sense to the world, but lose ourselves and work for Christ and, and see what he can do and, and see how he can work in your life. Because when, when we do, when we die, we should be able to look back and say, that was awesome. Yeah. That, that was so cool. I mean, my life was great. And it had its ups and downs, but you know it was it was it was a good time. I loved it. And then then you're like, oh man, now I get to now I get to be with Christ. I get yeah. to spend eternity next to Christ. This is the most amazing thing in the world. And, and then you're excited, you know. And then when the same way when you leave the beach, if the next year you're going to come back and you're only going to build a sandcastle again, okay. But when you leave and you're like. Yeah, but we get to come back next year, and we get to see all the, we get to see the waves again, and we get to see the sunsets again, and we get to go eat at Pineapple Willies again. Like, oh, and you're excited to come back. Yeah, you know that's what life is. We should be excited. I'm not going to say excited to die because that sounds horrible, <laughs> but we should be excited to be able to say, oh man, oh man, I get to, here comes Christ. I get to stay with them. I get to be here with them, and that's that's what we get. Mm-hmm. You know, so lose ourselves, lose what we want to do because it's all going to be gone. Right. You know, I, I just, and of course, I just bought, moved in this house and I'm excited about that, but I'm excited more to spend eternity with, with Christ. Right. I'm excited more to be in his presence, not to have this, you know, materialistic thing. Like, I get to be with Christ one day. Hopefully, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he's saying. And in verse 28, truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste the death until they see the Son of Man coming. And he's foreshadowing um, the betrayal and all these things. Yeah. But but that's what you learn there. Yeah. Well, no, I, I agree with everything you said. We're not saying that you can't own things. Things right. of this world are great. We You can own anything you want. There's nothing wrong here. It's just about Jesus talking here what you're putting your trust in. Right. All right. So is it worth putting your trust in the world? Well, that God says you'll lose your life right. if you put your trust in the world. And that's that's all it boils down to. Who are you putting your trust in? Mm-hmm. Don't do it in the world because you might be forfeiting the kingdom. You know, I think it's funny. Of course, I you just put yourself in a situation, but like we miss the point. We miss what life is about because, you know, maybe, and, and it's okay. Like what Jackson just said, you know, I don't drive a rust bucket. You know, you don't either. You know, I, I live in a nice home. You live in a nice home. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But, you know, think about one day that, you know, you, you built this beautiful house and you had this cooling ground pool and, and you just sit out there and you're like, man, this is it. This is it. No, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's a great thing. It's awesome that you could do that. Congratulations. But it's not it. It's not the most amazing thing in the world. The most amazing thing in the world will be being with Christ. That's at that moment where you can look back and go, this is it. This is why I did what I, that, this is why I live my life this way. This is why I wanted to, to live for Christ because this is it. I'm, in, I'm with Christ. I get to spend eternity with him. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a nice tower. There's nothing wrong with having a nice home and whatever. Heck, you can live in a 
$14.8 million home and drive a Ferrari. Yeah. And be the best Christian in the world. Yeah, you can. Okay, you can live in your car that all the windows are broken, the tires are flat, and that's literally all you have to your name. And you can be the best Christian in the world. That's right. So it, the world doesn't matter. The, the financial status is, yeah, I mean, you got to have what you got to have to pay your bills. I get that. But it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's temporary because it's going to go. The tide's going to come in. Sandcastle's going to be washed away. And if you've put your trust in Christ, you can go back and say, it's all right because this is it. Yep. You know, if you don't trust Christ and you don't live for him, then you're going to be fumbling through wet sand saying, what, 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 where did I go wrong? Why didn't this thing stand? Why didn't... And you're going to be like, did, what? And then you'll be like, I thought I had everything, and now I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Now I, I don't get to be with Christ. And so where do you put your stock? Where, do you, where are you laying up your treasures? Where are you putting the faith that you have in? Because if it's in your things... It's not, that's not it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's in your car, if it's in your house, if it's in your spouse, if it's not it, it's heaven. That's where we need to put our trust. And that's what Christ is slowly unfolding to the disciples. Hey, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what we learn in the end of Matthew 16. Next week's a big week as we get to the transfiguration. So very cool. Matthew 17 will be, it will be a really good one. That'll be a two part. I bet that'll be two more. Two oh, absolutely. So absolutely, that's all we got for you though. So hope you have a good rest of your week. Absolutely, you know, don't be stressed. Don't be, you know, it'll be fine. Lord works everything out in His time. So have a great week. We love you. Love you. God loves you more than we do, which means a whole lot more. Absolutely. Bye. See you.